Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you took the time to listen to this message. You're listening to the third in our series, Heart Problems. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, sit back, relax. Here it is. so much worship team hey i just want to welcome every single person that's joining us online thank you so much for being here with us this morning we're absolutely honored and man if it's your first time here at kingdom church this is your very first time experiencing us we're just so glad that you could be here we don't think it's a coincidence we think that god has ordained this moment for you to listen to this message wherever you are and if it is your first time guess what you probably never thought your first time in church would be in sweatpants or pajamas or or in bed, but the beauty of God is that God is not bound to time, he's not bound to space, he's not bound to buildings. Uh, the reality is that wherever you are, wherever you're listening to this message, God is there. And so right now, I wanna do really quickly, I just wanna pray as we get going, and uh, our prayer is super simple, and I want you guys to say it with me. Uh, wherever you are right now, just close your eyes, just open your hands up, and just say, God, you are welcome here. Um, I want to begin this morning by reading a passage of scripture. It's found in Ephesians chapter 4. And it says this to kind of set the backdrop in the direction that we're going. Ephesians 4 verse 31 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. I want to give our message a title this morning, and uh, in the spirit of Elsa, I want to title this message, Let It Go. Let It Go. Um, I'm sure most of us by this point in terms of isolation and quarantine, we're at that point where we're like, we've literally done everything that we can possibly do in our, hi- in our houses in order to entertain ourselves. Uh, it was funny, my sister, I was talking to her uh, a few weeks ago, and one of the things that she was doing, I guess, to remain entertained during quarantine is that she was going through old yearbooks at my mom's house, and she found an old uh, yearbook, my old yearbook, my grade 12 yearbook. And so I was talking to her recently, and she was like, hey, Harrison, uh, you had the weirdest grade 12 quote uh, I've ever heard in my entire life. Now that I have your attention, I want you guys to come back with me to when I was 17 years old. It's a younger version of me, equally handsome, but let's just go back a number of years and I'll tell you the story of my high school yearbook quote. Now for anyone, most of us I'm sure know that when you uh, graduate either high school or college, they usually let you write a quote, something that uh, to remember you by. And so for myself, if you guys know anything about me, I'm someone that I enjoy making people laugh. I love a good joke. And so I thought, what better way to leave my imprint forever than to have a funny yearbook quote. And so I thought to myself, nothing better, nothing more funny than to quote the greatest sitcom of all time, and that's Seinfeld. Now, in the comments, don't try to debate. I don't want to see no one writing Friends or The Office. Seinfeld is the number one sitcom of all time. Now, uh, so for my yearbook, I thought to myself again, let's write a quote from Seinfeld. So I found the perfect quote, hilarious, something that whenever anyone read it, they would laugh. Um, Only problem was that it was a little bit inappropriate. And so um, I say that to say that I can't exactly tell you what my quote was supposed to be. Um, because understand this, that was, you know, it was a long time ago. The Lord hadn't taken full reins of my heart. Um, I haven't yet met Christy, who's a great refining presence in my life. Um, but 
what you need to know is that it was funny and uh, it was going to be funny forever. It's inappropriate now, but it's still funny. And so that was my quote. I had it. I submitted it. And so I'll never forget the day um, I got my yearbook uh, back. And so I scrolled uh, through the whole yearbook, and then I went to my picture, and I saw myself, my, my handsome self. I was straight facing it. I wasn't smiling. I was like this because I had braces, and so I didn't want to smile and just show off those uh, beautiful braces. So I was straight facing it, looked at my picture. I scanned down, and I read my yearbook quote. And to my shock and to my horror, uh, for whatever reason, the school thought that my quote was inappropriate, and so the school decided to change my yearbook quote without telling me or asking me. And so I can't tell you what it was supposed to say, but I'll tell you what they changed it to. This is my yearbook quote that's attached to my name in grade 12 forever and ever and ever. It says this. It says, staring at you is like staring at the sun. I don't look too long. I take a quick glimpse and then I look away. Now, when I saw that, uh, and any of you guys that hear that quote, you can, you, <laughs> you know, my first reaction was like, oh my gosh, number one, they changed my quote. But number two, I was like, man, this makes me sound extremely creepy. Like, who am I trying to catch a glimpse of? Like, it was, and so when I read that quote, man, I will never forget that day. When I saw that, I was so, so angry. Like, I was rage angry because I thought to myself, like, not only did you change my quote, but you guys have just humiliated me forever. You've taken what was funny, and now I look like a creep. And so if you guys ever check out my yearbook, you can go see uh, that really weird quote. Now, the reason I want to tell you guys that story is because I was trying to think of a time in my life that I got, like, super, super angry. We're in the third part uh, of our series here at church called Heart Problems, Breaking Free from the Four Emotions That Control Us. Now, if you've been with us for this series, uh, one thing that you will know is that what we have said is that each and every single one of us, we all have issues. I have issues and you have issues. And what happens in our lives for so many of us is that we have these issues but we never take the time to address them. And each of these issues carries with it a very specific debt. And so the four things that we've looked at so far in this series are this, and the debts that come with it. We've looked at guilt, anger. Uh, We've only looked at guilt, but we're gonna look at anger, greed, and jealousy. If you're with us last week, we looked at greed, which said, I owe you. If you guys couldn't tell by the story this morning, the second emotion that we are gonna look at in this series is anger. And anger carries with the the tab that says, you owe me. Now, if you've been with us for this series, you'll know that we have a theme verse for our series. It's found in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, and it says this. It says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything that you do flows from it. Now, what we've said in this series is that everything in our lives outflows from what is in our hearts. What is in us will eventually come out. And what we have said is that for so many of us, we have issues in our lives. And the reality is, if we never address them, it just builds and builds and builds until one day it boils over. And so what we're trying to do in this series is put practical steps in our lives, not only just to guard our hearts, but also to help clean our hearts, to clean out what is inside of us so we can get to the place and the purpose that God has for our lives. And so what we're doing this morning, we're looking at the second emotion, which is anger. 
And anger carries with it the debt that says, you owe me. Now, the interesting thing about anger, because I want to break this down before we really get into it. We need to understand what anger is. Now, last week, if you're with us, we looked at guilt. Now, anger and guilt are on total opposite ends of the spectrum. And one of the ways that it's so opposite is that guilt, what we said last week was that guilt causes us to hide. Guilt causes us to have shame and regret. Anger is the opposite in the sense that anger is very public. Anger boils over. If someone is angry, you see it. And like no other emotion, anger carries with it a trail of destruction. It's the easiest to see, but a lot of times it's one of the hardest things for us to actually address. And so what I want to do is I want us to understand anger. And so if I were to give anger a very simple definition, we we know it says you owe me. The reason I told us that story was because in the story of the yearbook, people stole something from me. They stole my joke. They stole my pride. And so therefore they owe me. And so if I were to give anger a very simple definition, I would just say this. We are angry anytime we didn't get what we wanted. We are angry when we don't get what we want. Now, for a lot of us, you're saying to yourself, well, Harrison, that sounds pretty elementary. That, that sounds like a little kid to me. I didn't get what I want. I'm going to break this down, and I need us very specifically to think about the last time you really got angry, like you boiled over at someone or something. And what I believe you will see is that all of our anger can trace back to this idea that we didn't get what we wanted. I'll kind of explain it like this. Let us talk about work for a second. Because for a lot of us, if you guys, if you're out there, like you've ever been angry at your boss? You see, one of the reasons a lot of us are angry at our bosses, let's say it like this, man, like I didn't get a promotion. And so therefore I'm mad because I didn't get the promotion that I thought that I deserved. Well, the reason we thought that we deserved it is because, man, I worked so hard. Like I put so much in. I didn't get what I wanted. Now, maybe even more practical for a lot of us, it's like, man, I can't believe I got laid off. Like, like, doesn't my boss know how much I put in? Doesn't he see what I've done? And so when we get laid off at a very basic level, we didn't get what we wanted. Now, I want us to understand this because I believe this to be true. For the majority of us, the things in our lives that cause us the greatest amount of anger can be traced back to relational issues. For a lot of us, it's like, yeah, pastor, I get it. I do have some anger, but you don't know the family I grew up in. Like, my mother abandoned us. My father abandoned us. Like, for a lot of us, I understand. The root of our anger, man, it comes from abuse. It's like, yeah, I'm angry because I I was abused. I was hurt. I was abused emotionally. I was abused spiritually. I was abused physically. And Lord forbid, but I know this to be true for some of us. It's like, man, I was abused sexually. And what happens with abuse, abuse carries pain, But pain also brings his cousin anger. And so for a lot of us, you're saying, Harrison, how can you say that that it's just not what I, I didn't get what I wanted? How can you say all anger is not getting what I want? Listen, if this makes you feel better, let's say it like this. A lot of anger in life is when we didn't get what we deserved. I'm angry because I don't feel like I got what I deserve. Can I be honest? For a second, church, I want you to understand this. No one in life deserves abuse. You didn't deserve deserve to be humiliated. You didn't deserve to be bullied. You didn't deserve it. But what happens when we get what we don't deserve or when we get what we don't feel like 
we need, what happens is we have anger. I believe this to be true. Every act of anger, everything in our lives that makes us mad can be traced back to hurt. Perhaps you've heard this saying before, show me an angry person and I'll show you a hurt person. For a lot of us, the reason we have this deep-seated anger is because we've been hurt. But what I want to do this morning is I want us to begin to be set free. Because understand this, for a lot of us, you're saying to yourself, man, like, I have to hold on to my anger because you don't know what this person did to me. You, you don't know the pain that I felt. Here's the thing I believe about anger. The way that we feel is totally justifiable. But a lot of times the way that we act is not. And so I want us to have freedom this morning from that block in our heart that is called anger. Because here's the thing I believe to be true. One of the things that makes anger so destructive is this. What we said is that every single time in your life you feel angry, it's because someone owes you something. Here's the insidious nature of anger. It doesn't just stop there. Because if we never fix anger, that block will begin to build and build and build. And you owe me will actually turn into everyone owes me. If you've ever met someone, if you've ever dealt with anger, you know this to be true. You guys have heard the term, and, well, they're just an angry person. Well, they just have anger issues. Well, they just have a short temper. Why? Because we have this deep-seated pain in our heart that we never address. And so anytime anyone in any relationship does something where we don't agree, where we feel wronged, you will be at the brunt of their anger because how anger builds is you owe me turns into everyone owes me. Maybe you've seen this in relationships. A man or a woman was hurt in the past. They were abused in the past, mistreated in the past. And so what happens in the future, it's like, guess what? I'm not just mad at that one person. I don't just hate that man. I hate men. I don't just hate that woman. I don't just distrust that woman. I distrust women because what happens is you owe me turns into everyone owes me. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to provide a solution for anger. And here's what I believe to be true. For each and every one of us, the root cause of our anger is gonna be different, but the result is gonna be the same. It's destruction. And it's a weight that we begin to carry. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to help us begin to be set free. And here's the beauty of this series. I believe that the answer to freedom is super simple. And it comes from our title uh, verse that we read in Ephesians chapter 4. It says this. How do we get rid of anger? It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Get rid of it, throw it away. Well, how do we do it? He says, be kind and compassionate to one another. Here's the big thing, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So listen, if anger says you owe me, anger says you have taken something from me, you've taken my pride, you've taken my innocence, you've taken my security. If anger says take, 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 what's the solution? Super simple, forgiveness. The solution to our anger is forgiveness. Now, now for a lot of us at home, anyone in our lives, anyone listening to this right now, you have anger built into your hearts. You know exactly what's going through your head right now. It's like, pastor, guess what? That's a whole lot easier 
said than done. That's, it's a whole lot easier to say forgive than it is to actually forgive. You want to know why that is? Because here's the truth. When we have something done against us, we said that anger is a result of someone stealing something from us. When something gets taken from us, I don't care how spiritual you are. I don't care if you're a pastor. I don't care if you prayed in the morning. When someone takes something from us, our heart's natural reaction says, you must pay back what you've taken. You owe me. And so forgiveness is, in a sense, the complete opposite of that. Because what forgiveness says is, I'm just going to let it be. Now, now, for a lot of us, we say, no, 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 I can't forgive because they need to know what they took from me. Now, if you're with us last week, and I should say this, if you weren't with us last week, go back and watch last week. But one thing we said last week, and it rings true again this week, the crazy thing about the debts that these emotions carry with them is that many times and most times they are debts that cannot actually be paid back. You know what that means? If someone cheats you, how do you pay that back? If your family, if your father, if your mother abandoned you, how can you pay that back? How do you pay back time? How do you pay back an emotion? How do you pay back a heartbreak? Here's the truth. It can't be paid back. It can't be paid back. And in our hearts, we know this instinctively. We, we know that it cannot be paid back. And because we know that the hurt cannot be paid back, you know what so many of us do? We just hold that pain. And we hold that offense. And for a lot of us, it's like, you know what? I'm actually going to wear this around like a, like a battle scar. You ever met that person? Maybe you are that person. It's like, I don't forgive and I don't forget. That's just me. Like, I haven't talked to that person in 12 years because they cut me off in traffic. I don't forgive. I don't forget. And so we wear it around like a battle scar where it's like, man, this is just who I am. What I want to do this morning is I want us to learn how we can get to that place where we can actually forgive. You see, here's what I believe to be true. Forgiveness is the solution to anger, but it's a whole lot easier said than done. And so for the rest of this message, I want to be very practical and I want to show us how we can forgive, what we need to do to forgive people, and most importantly, why we forgive people. And so in order to do that, we're going to go to the book of Matthew. Uh, this is one of the four gospels all about the life of Jesus. And uh, where we pick up our story, one of the disciples, uh, his name is Peter, is having a conversation with Jesus. Jesus and Peter are kind of shooting the breeze. Matthew 18, this is what it says in verse 21. It says, then Peter came to Jesus and he asked him, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? So the nature of this, this whole conversation, everything we're going to look, up, uh, look at the rest of this morning, has to do with forgiveness. Peter says, how many times shall I forgive? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 70 times seven, or 77 times. Now, what's interesting about this story is that when Peter comes up to Jesus, Peter thought that he was being fly. Like, like Peter at this point was being like the disciple that like, like teacher's pet kind of thing. He's like, Jesus, like how many times shall we forgive? Seven times? 
Because you need to understand this. To for, and you guys know this. To forgive someone of an offense seven times, that's a lot of times to forgive someone for something. Biblically speaking, like seven is the number of completion. And so when Peter is saying, Lord, how many times shall I forgive someone seven? He thought he was going above and beyond. But I love the response of Jesus. Because what Jesus says, he says, no, Peter, not seven times, but 70 times seven. In other words, 77 times. Now, what we need to understand about Jesus is that Jesus was not giving us an absolute number either. Because for some of us, like, okay, that makes sense, 77 times, and then I don't forgive. Jesus is not speaking numerically, he's speaking metaphorically. And so what Jesus is saying to Peter when it comes to forgiveness, he's saying we don't just forgive a certain amount of time, a set amount of time. We forgive above and beyond. In fact, we always forgive. You see, the reality of Jesus' response is Jesus was answering the subjection and the objection that many of us have to forgiveness. Jesus was answering our but. What does that mean? You see, for a lot of us, it's like, yeah, I'll forgive. Like, I'm, I'm a forgiving person. I'm a graceful person. But no matter who you are, where you're watching this, every single one of us kind of have that limit. We have that thing. We have that offense where it's like, I'll forgive up until a point. But if it has to do with cheating, but if it has to do with abuse, but if it has to do with someone actually taking something from me, then I'm, I have a limit. I have a, a but. I'll forgive, but. What Jesus was doing in this parable is Jesus was answering our but. He was saying, guess what? We always forgive. I need you to write. We always forgive. Now, this is going to be hard for some people, but understand this. There is no offense as a Christian that we do not forgive. Now, for some people, you're watching at home, you're like, Pastor, come on. Like, you, you don't know what I've, gone, what I've gone through. You don't know who's hurt me. You don't know the offense. Because if you knew it, man, you'd be filled with such anger as well. And so there's no way you can ask me to change how I feel and forgive someone. Well, here's the beauty of what Jesus is saying. Because when Jesus puts forgiveness into context, one thing that Jesus never does is talk about emotions. Because here's the reality, and I hope this frees us on our journey to forgiveness. Forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness isn't a feeling. You, you see, for so many of us, the justification for why we don't forgive is like, man, I, I would forgive, but I'm just not feeling it. So if I'm not feeling it in my heart, it would actually be disingenuine of me to forgive someone. So I just, I can't do it. But what I love about Jesus and what I love about the Bible is that the way it paints forgiveness is that forgiveness is never a feeling. Forgiveness isn't, well, if it's not a feeling, what is it? Forgiveness isn't a feeling, it's a decision. Forgiveness is a decision. It's a decision to say, I'm going to let the offense go. And I'm going to break this down further in a second, but you need to understand this. Here's the biggest thing about forgiveness. Forgiveness is not for the other person. Forgiveness is for you. It's for me. It's not a feeling, it's a decision. Can I tell you something? There are very few things in life that are good for me, that I know are good for me, that I feel like doing. That's just, that's just the reality. Like Quarantine, let's just be honest. I, I shared some stuff a few weeks ago about exercising, running. I'm just going to be straight up. I have not yet woken up one day where I feel 
like exercising, where I feel like going. I just have not felt it. I, I know it's good for me. Like, I, I know it's going to help my lungs. I know it's going to help my heart. I know it's going to help me look better for my wife. Come on, somebody. I know all of these things instinctively, but that doesn't mean I feel it. It's the same thing with eating healthy. How many guys ever just wake up and say, I want kale and oatmeal today? That's what I feel like. Listen, just, you know what I feel like every I feel like cereal. And not just any cereal, but the sugary cereal. Honey bunches of oats. That's my quarantine recommendation for you guys at home. Check it out. It's the best cereal you've never had if you haven't had it. I know that eating healthy is good for me. I know exercising is good for me, but I don't feel it. I just don't feel like doing it. But that's the great juxtaposition of life, is that many things that I don't feel like doing, I know are good for me. And that's the thing with forgiveness. Forgiveness may not feel right in the moment. I may not feel like forgiving someone. But at the end of the day, I know that forgiveness is what's best for me. Why? Because what happens with unforgiveness is that we hold the weight around. You see, for so many of us, the reason we don't forgive is because we say to ourselves, well, if I forgive that person, I'm letting them off the hook. If I forgive that person, then they're, gonna, they're not going to know how badly they hurt me. And so we hold the weight and we hold the offense and we hold this heavy weight and we say to ourselves as we walk, they're really going to pay. But we're the ones holding the weight. And so although we may not feel like it, forgiveness is actually good for us. You want to know what this message is about this morning? It's about freedom. It's about freedom. It's about saying, I'm not going to let anger control my life anymore. I'm not going to let those people, because here's the thing with unforgiveness. Can I tell you? When we don't forgive someone, it doesn't matter if you haven't seen that person in 15 years. Guess what? They hurt you over and over and over again. It's a cycle. Unforgiveness has a cycle. Because any person that looks like that person, anyone that treats you like that person, you take offense. And therefore, that person has hurt you again. And so we need to forgive if we're going to break the cycle. Now, that's what we need to do. The question now is why? Why do we forgive? Now, the beauty of, of Jesus and Peter, the conversation, Jesus doesn't just leave it there. Jesus, what he does, he's like, I really want to paint forgiveness for Peter. And so Jesus begins by telling him a parable. And so Jesus says this. He says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him and he said, be patient with me and I'll pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt and let him go. Now, if you're not understanding this parable, there's a very real and practical application to it. You see, in this story, the master represents God. And the servant represents us. And what happens in this story is that the servant owes the master something. And the master, instead of asking to be repaid, the master cancels the debt. 
Now, I want us to understand this because for, for some of us, maybe you're watching online, maybe you've never heard about Jesus before, or maybe you're watching online and, and you've been in church your whole life, but you don't really know what Jesus has done for you. Can I tell you what Jesus has done for you really quickly? You see, what the Bible lets us know is that each and every one of us are messed up. I'm messed up, you're messed up. In the comments right now, write, I'm a mess. Shout it at home, I'm a mess. The Bible says, you're messed up, I'm messed up. You and I are wicked. We're, 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 we're just full of all of these things. The Bible calls it sin. It says each and every one of us are sinful. And the Bible says the consequences of sin is death. And the death, the, the price of death is hell. What the Bible lets us know is that because of our messed up lives, because of our wickedness, each and every one of us deserves hell. But God, someone shout, but God. But what God did is God sent his only son named Jesus. God came down in the flesh through Jesus and Jesus on the cross, what he did was Jesus took our sin, Jesus took our shame and he died for us because of the joy set before him. What was the joy? The joy was freedom for me. It was freedom for you. Jesus paid the debt a debt that we could not pay ourselves. And that's what that parable is saying. What that parable is saying is that God has paid the debt. On the cross, get this, understand this in your heart, that debt that you paid, that debt that you owed for your sinfulness, Jesus paid it. He forgave you. If you want to understand forgiveness really simple, it's this. Forgiveness is the decision to cancel the debt. Forgiveness is the decision to cancel the debt. You see, what we've said is any offense we have in our heart is because someone has done something, taken something from us that comes with it, a debt. The only way to practically forgive someone is to cancel their debt. Now understand this, the way that Jesus is painting this. He's saying the reason we forgive is because God has first forgiven us. Jesus paid my debt. What I owed God, I could never repay. But the beauty is I don't have to repay it because Jesus paid it. I better see the hearts flying in the chat right now. Jesus paid the debt. Come on, somebody. So here's what we need to understand. Because Jesus first forgave me, I have the ability to forgive others. And so when I look at forgiveness, what I need to do is I need to view forgiveness from the view of the cross. Our view of forgiveness comes from the cross. What that means is this. Every single time I have that voice in my head, every single time I have that thought that says, I can't forgive, I won't forgive, they don't deserve it. Guess what? We say to ourselves, I, neither did I. Neither did I, but Jesus paid the debt. Neither did I, but God. Someone shout, but God. Neither did I, but God, my view of forgiveness comes from the cross. And so anytime I think to myself, man, that person doesn't deserve it, I have to remember, neither did I. Now, I'm not sure you guys are aware of this because we live in a world where everyone else is bad, that the bad people are those that you're sharing the articles about, like those are the bad people, not me. But I'll be the first to admit, I'm messed up. I'm wicked, I'm wretched, I'm a mess. And so every single time I have that thing in my heart that says, don't forgive, don't let them off the hook, I need to remember that I am a mess. 
You see, we live in this society where we try to tell ourselves lies, where it's like, no, they're the bad people. They're the messed up people. Those guys that were, those are the messed up people. Listen, I'm messed up. But here's the beauty of God. The beauty of God is that the Bible tells us that every single day his mercies are new. What that means, what is mercy? Mercy is to hold back what someone owes, to show them mercy. And so the Bible says every single day God's mercy is new. If you woke up this morning, you are actually a recipient of the mercy of God. Because chances are you did something yesterday that deserved wrath. But every single day we get mercy. And so get this, in your life, in my life, at the moment that you are listening to this message, I have received 9,873 daily strands of mercy. God's been merciful to me for almost 10,000 days. You can do the math later for yourself. And so what that means is every single time that voice in our head says, don't forgive, hold on to the anger, they don't deserve it, I need to shout back, I haven't deserved it 9,873 times, but God showed me mercy, so I show mercy. My view of forgiveness comes from the cross. I show grace, I show mercy, I let go of the offense, I cancel the debt because God canceled mine. Now here's the thing with the parable. The parable doesn't end because I think that Jesus knows the tendency of our hearts. Look what it says next. Uh, This is speaking now of the servant that was just given mercy. It says, but when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. And he said, pay me back what you owe me. His fellow servant fell to his knees and he begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it back. Look at this. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and they went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in and he said, you wicked servant. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Look at this part. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? You see, what's so interesting in this story is that what the servant owed the master was 10,000 bags of gold. What this servant's servant owed him was 100 bags of silver. What Jesus is trying to show us is that no matter what anyone owes you on life, in, in this life, the debt that they owe you is minimal and does not compare to the debt that we have with God. That's what he's trying to show us. But here's the crazy thing about our hearts. Our hearts don't care about relativity. In other words, our hearts do not care in a moment like how great uh, a chasm that God has how great uh, God's forgiveness is. Our hearts in the moment when we get hurt, it's quite simple. It's like, man, I feel pain, therefore I'm angry. But what Jesus is trying to do is Jesus is trying to flip our perspective. Jesus is trying to say, guess what? Every single time you have that feeling, he knows that feeling. We have to begin to think to ourselves, man, the debt that I owe God is nothing compared to whatever anyone else owes me. And so listen to this. The only way that we can forgive 
is that if we keep Christ and his sacrifice at the center. How do we do that? Ephesians 4, again, it's super simple. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander. How? How do we do this? We forgive just as Christ and God forgave us. The only way that we can have forgiveness is if we never take our eyes off of Jesus. And so listen to this, because I know our hearts, and we can hear this message, and the moment someone offends us, the moment someone hurts us, the moment someone takes something from us, our heart will say, I don't care about what I heard, you owe me. We have to begin to make a conscious decision to say this. I need to view forgiveness in the light of what was done for me, not what was done to me. I view forgiveness in light of what Jesus has done for me, not what anyone has done to me. I forgive. I cancel the debt. I let go of the weight because Jesus first canceled mine. Look at this. The parable ends. It says this. In his anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. Then Jesus says, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. You want to know what Jesus is saying? He's saying, if you don't forgive other people, then, then Jesus is going to treat you the same way. In other words... If you don't cancel their debt, Jesus won't cancel yours, and you'll have to pay it back. What we've already said is that it's a debt that cannot be paid back. But the beauty of grace, the beauty of mercy, is that we don't have to take it, pay it back. Jesus has already paid it for us. And so what this parable is trying to tell us, what this parable is trying to let us know is that this is how we view forgiveness. We view forgiveness in the light of mercy. There, there's a reason I talked about the 10,000 strands of mercy that you and I have received. And if you're older than me, it's a lot more strands of mercy. I don't want to make you feel old. But the reason I'm telling you that is so that you can see, man, I need to view forgiveness not in the light of what was done to me, but what Jesus has done for me. If we demand payback, listen to this, friends. If we demand payback, then we must pay God back, which we can't do. And so what's the answer? The answer is quite simple. It's forgiveness. Listen, the mark of a Christian is that I treat other people how God has treated me. When I understand Jesus, it changes everything. The kindness of God compels me to forgive. Now listen, I want to speak to our hearts right now, because for a lot of people, I understand you have deep hurts. You have deep offense. And so you're saying, Harrison, don't minimize my pain. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what's happened to me. You don't know what's been taken from me. I'm not here to minimize your pain. I believe that I'm actually here, that God has sent me here to relieve you of your pain. Because the reality is this, what we carry around becomes our weight, it becomes our burden, and unforgiveness is the poison that we drink, hoping the other person will die. 
They don't pay. We pay. And so what Jesus wants to do this morning, this parable, this story, it's about freedom. God wants to free us. And freedom is so simple. It's just saying, I am going to cancel the debt. That's the what. That's the why. And as we close, I want to give you the how really quickly. Because I don't want anyone to leave this place. Because I just believe this to be true. What better time than right now when we have these restrictions, when we're not allowed to do certain things, what a better time than right now to get our hearts right. So listen, every single one of us, if you have something right now, someone is stirring in your heart, it's an offense, it's a person, it's a situation, today is the day we forgive. Today is the day we let it go. So I want to give us four things, super simple, super practical, write these down. I believe freedom is on the other end. Number one is this identify who you are angry with. Whoever it is, however silly it may sound, it could be someone that dissed you in the 10th grade. It could be someone that's passed away. It doesn't matter. The very first step to forgiveness is to identify who you are angry with. Identify. Number two is this. Determine what they owe you. Listen, every anger, every offense in our lives is because someone has taken something from us. So whoever you are angry with, whoever has hurt you, write down, write it out exactly what they owe you. Some of you guys like, Harrison, can't I just ask for forgiveness for them? Like, can't I just do it generally? Just a general thing. I don't want to go back. I don't want to open those wounds. Guess what? General forgiveness does not heal specific wounds. If someone has done something to you specifically, we need to identify exactly what it is and exactly what they owe you. These are huge. Identify who you're angry with. Determine what they owe you. And number three, cancel the debt. Cancel the debt. Now, there's two ways to do this. Number one, if this person is alive and and you're able to do this, you go to that person. You can give them a Facebook message. You can write it down. You can go to them. You can just say, hey, guess what? This is what you did to me. The debt is canceled. I'll never forget this story. When I was in university, I ran into someone that I had been in the same cabin with at a summer camp when we were about seven years old. And at the age of seven, what happened at that summer camp was this guy had kind of been in our cabin. He had been bullied. And so he came to me because I was a part of, of the people in his cabin, and he said, hey, Harrison, I want to tell you something. He said, in that cabin, when all of these guys were making fun of me, He said, all of you guys, he clumped us all together. He said, I hated all of you guys. He said, I'm just here to tell you today that I forgive you. Now understand this, I didn't even know that I hurt the guy, but his words pierced and penetrated my heart. He said, I forgive you. In other words, I'm canceling the debt. The reason I'm telling you this story is because for a lot of us, man, it's going to be a while. We're going to have to go back. We're going to have to go back years to find out exactly what the debt is. But we cancel it. Now, now for the second half, if you say to yourself, man, that person either isn't alive or it's just not healthy, it's just not wise for me to go to talk to that person, here's what you do. You identify who they are, determine what they owe you, write it in the letter, and burn it. Rip it up. 
Do something symbolic that says, I am canceling the debt. Do something symbolic that says, I'm not going to hold this weight with me any longer. I want to be free. Number four, this is the last thing. Don't reopen the case. Don't reopen the case. This one's so big. Because for a lot of us, it's like Harrison, man, like I get all of this stuff, but that's not going to change my feelings. Listen, we already said forgiveness isn't a feeling. But here's the thing I know about forgiveness is that oftentimes our feelings are the very last thing to follow. And so when we say don't reopen the case, what we are saying to ourselves is that anytime I feel that emotion, anytime I feel that thing trying to boil up, I tell myself I have already canceled the debt. I'm not bringing this offense up. I love what 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says. Speaking about love, it says this. It says, love keeps no records of being wronged. Love keeps no records of being wronged. I want to encourage us today, friends, every single one of us that's watching this, wherever you are, what we have said is that this series is about getting our hearts right, and it's about us experiencing freedom. What if you were one thing, one step away from freedom, and all you had to do was forgive? I just believe this to be true in my heart. God is stirring things right now. God is putting things in our lives, in our hearts, and he's saying, do this right here, right now. Today's the day. This is the moment. This is the moment that you drop the offense. This is the moment your heart begins to heal. What I want to do as we close is I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you, and I want to help you to experience the freedom that God has. I want, us, I want to pray for you to give you strength to do what you know that you need to do. So right now, wherever you are, your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. I just want to pray this prayer over you. God, I pray right now for every single person, whenever they're hearing this, Lord, at the sound of my voice, that whatever you're stirring in their hearts, whatever you're doing right now, God, give them the wisdom, give them the fortitude, give them the strength to forgive. God, I pray for everyone right now that is dealing with that heaviness, that's dealing with those weights, that we can begin to look at not what has been done to us, but what you have done for us. God, I pray for each and every single one of us that you can begin to do a work, that you can change our lives, and that you can heal our hearts. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this message. Hey, if this message touched you, if it blessed you, we want to hear from you. So head over to kingdomchurch.ca and connect with us today. We can't wait to get to know you. Until next time, take care.